If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. And anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? He was treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days when, after you received the light, when you endured in great conflicts for the suffering. Sometimes you were publicly in, exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were treated, who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you and yourselves, you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And by my, But my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith in our own. Good morning. And happy Mother's Day to Mother Day and Mummy Day. I've got a riddle for you. How is today's Bible passage like dinner with children? How is today's Bible passage like dinner with children? Well, they both begin and end with a we. <laughs> These opening verses are severe. They're tough. But the writer chooses to say, if we, rather than if you. This message today is a warning for me just as much as you. Let's share it together. And let's not think too much about who else this would be a good message for without checking out what God is saying to me. Put very simply, sin kills permanently. Sin places us as sinners far from God and all his good things forever. But before we get into the detail, let's remind ourselves of where we left off with Tony last week. Spur one another on to love and good deeds. How? By encouraging one another and by meeting together. We have a responsibility to motivate one another to love and to do good and to challenge our brothers and sisters to repent from sin. Of course, we personally have to seek forgiveness. But when we spend time in open conversation with other beliefs, it helps bring that searching light of of conviction and truth to uncover sin. And remember, Tony said, when we've messed up and sinned, don't run away from God. 
run toward God. Draw near, you have access. And we all still frequently sin. And confession is frequently required to maintain our close walk with God. The writer of Amazing Grace, John Newton, as he got towards the end of his life, he said, although my memory is fading, I remember two things. I am a great sinner and Christ is a great saviour. We need reminders of both. But here in verse 26, the writer is describing something different. He's describing the possibility that we who have known and experienced the truth of Jesus' ultimate costly sacrifice could deliberately, intentionally, and persistently carry on sinning in a manner that demonstrates a rebellious rejection of the authority of God. How terrible. The message of Hebrews so far has been that every law, every animal sacrifice, every offering, even every priest, the tabernacle, the, the temple, the covenant, every one of God's promises is pointing to Jesus. In the polytheistic ancient world where people worshipped many different gods and idols, God revealed himself as I am. The one, the only one. His number one command to his people, you shall have no other gods before me. And when they turned away from him, despite many warnings of the dire consequences, he revealed himself as, I am the way, the truth, and the life to bear the consequences of your sin. The wages for sin is death, our death. But the gift of God in Jesus, who had no sin of his own, to pay for his eternal life. Romans 6 verse 23. We too live in a polytheistic modern world of new idols. Creations foolishly prioritized over the creator. The most challenging idol the self, the desire to be number one. What would it be to deliberately carry on sinning, even after we have known the forgiveness, the release from guilt, the, the sanctification, which means that bit by bit, better and better, and better cleaning us from the, in, uh, from the inside work of the Spirit? insulting to that spirit of grace. It would be devaluing the death of Jesus, offending his blood. Anyone who tramples the Son of God underfoot is waiting to be made 
his footstool. We had that in, in verse 12 of the chapter. Let's never become hardened, arrogant, or, or complacent about our sin. Um, we need to be reminded of what we've been saved from. As natural enemies of God, we face judgment, raging fire, his vengeance. And if that seems harsh, then it's because our, our sinfulness aligns us with, with all that's wrong about the world. We may not think it that way. We may not mean it that way. But it sets us in that place of, of part of the opposition to his rule and his reign of love and justice. When we sin, we're, we're anti-love. We're anti-justice. We're anti-God. We have one hope. And we're in a non-negotiable position. Because it's a one hope. I love the hymn, Rock of Ages. Written 250 years ago in Somerset. So you probably have to sing it with a Somerset accent. Augustus, top lady. I think it's about time I had a comeback. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy ribbon side which flowed be of sin, the double cure. Save me from its guilt and power. Nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, that means dirty, smelly. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Saviour, or I die. Approaching God with confidence because we are with Jesus has been another recurring theme of Hebrews. But never arrogant, never cocky or complacent, Always conscious of the cost of our sin and the price he paid for it. And if you have never sensed the danger that you're in, it may be because no one has explained it to you in this way before. Or it may be that the thought has just been too overwhelming to contemplate. Now, today, would be a good time. A great time to respond to God's warning. The warning of someone who loves you so much and too much to let you go your own way and miss out on the new heaven and new earth to come. I hear people say they're, they're afraid of missing out if they give their lives to God. Nothing compared with what you're missing out if you haven't given your life to him. I can still picture the poster on my childhood bedroom wall of a sinking ship, violent waves crashing around, and a rescue helicopter lowering a hero down on a winch to airlift the crew to safety. One by one, out of the watery grave, opening up for them, 
And underneath this scene were the words of Hebrews 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we ignore or neglect so great a salvation? Now imagine one of the crews saying, no thanks, can't see what all the fuss is about. I'm staying in the comfort of my cabin. Or perhaps another who, having been rescued, is, is safe in the helicopter, in their warming blanket. And they say, I miss all the good times on my ship. I'm going back. Jumps out into the stormy sea. Contradictory and destructive though it is, that is what the writer is referring to. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw it away. It will be richly rewarded. Remember those early days as a Christian, he says, when you received the light, when you threw so much, you stood firm, confident in what you believed in, confident in God's promises for you. We, we don't have the full story, do we? We don't know enough about these, these people who are the audience for the book. But maybe they've lost something of the joy that they first had, the excitement of becoming a, a newborn Christian. Maybe the opposition they experienced had, had strengthened their faith, but then they never expected for it to last this long and for Jesus not to have come back yet. Perhaps they've seen others turn back and are longing for that sense of solidarity that they knew before. Now, there will be a small minority of you who will be able to identify with these believers because of the opposition, the persecution, the intimidation, and the discrimination that you've known. For the majority of us, for whom we've never been through anything like it, can I ask you to do something? Will you commit to asking God what you can do to support our brothers and sisters in Christ who know how costly it is to follow him? A few of these are in our THCC family. Many are or amongst or known to our THCC partners in Bangladesh, northern India, Kosovo, and Lebanon. And there are excellent charities that are doing valuable work in many countries to support and speak out for Christians most at risk. Um, you may want to check out the websites of Open Doors, Barnabas Fund, CSW, um, and the one I've forgotten, How Could I? Release International. You can sign up to receive regular updates, and, and I promise you, you will be saddened, but also humbled as you read of the stories of courage and perseverance of fellow believers. Now, I've used the words of verse 32 to 36 to write a prayer of commitment that you may want to say together with me, if you can see it on the screen now. 
or just confirm your heartfelt amen at the end. So here we go. Dear Lord, we remember those who are enduring great conflict, full of suffering. Thank you for those publicly or secretly exposed to insult and persecution, are not hidden from your watchful gaze and loving care. As their brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to take our family responsibility more seriously and faithfully. Will you show us how we can better stand side by side with those who are so treated? Right now, we pray for those suffering in prison and the families they are separated from. May they know the joy and peace that surpasses all understanding in the face of confiscated property, lost earnings, and disinheritance. Please will you remind them to anticipate better, lasting possessions and treasures. Protect them from any thought, word, or action that would cause them to throw away their confidence in your power to save. Thank you for promising to richly reward them for persevering in doing your will. In the name of our crucified, now glorified Jesus. Amen. And so, to the end, we. I'm so proud when I hear and read stories of courage and determination in the face of such evil. I won't ever have to face what they are confronting but they are my living experience, my evidence, my proof of verse 39. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We belong to you, the persecuted church, because you don't shrink back. You're not timid. We belong to the many men, women, and children of faith who are not shrinking back, they're not timid. We belong to millions, past, present, and future, who've not thrown away their confidence in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Their faith that God has prepared a country, a city, a home for them. But now I'm I'm sneaking into the epic chapter that is Hebrews 11, which is not mine to speak on. You're just going to have to wait for that. I was thinking of that phrase, shrinking back, when out running yesterday. It's been a blustery week. And when you're running with gusts of wind and stinging rain in your face, the temptation is to turn round to run in the opposite direction and to benefit from the wind on your back, blowing you forward rather than blowing you backwards. But I was heading for the shelter and the comfort of home, including a shower and a coffee and more Lego. So I leaned into the wind, gritted my teeth, and accepted that this would be one of my slower times. 
Some of you now are going through experiences where you know what it is to have to lean into difficulties, setbacks and pain, and keep putting one foot, one step in front of another. For some it's knowing that you have to face up to sin, failures and addictions again and again and again. And also to face up to the hurt that that may have caused others. May God give you the courage and the confidence to not turn and run away from him, but towards him and closer to home. Martin and the band going to come and lead us again in our final song, singing on our, our behalf. And what singers? In Christ alone, my hope is found. And those at home, please sing it loud, sing it strong, because we can't. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me.